0: Welcome to Seder Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics, presented by UMass Memorial Health. Welcome to the latest episode of Seder Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics, presented by UMass Memorial Health. I'm your host, Kevin Gale. One of my favorite parts of this pod is the opportunity to check in with Crusader alumni who are achieving great things after graduation today? I'm joined by a 2019 grad and Holy Cross baseball alum, Declan Cronin. He was drafted by the Chicago White Sox and is currently pitching for their Double A affiliate, the Birmingham Barons. Declan, welcome to Sater Stories.
1: Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. I'm really, I'm really happy to be here. I appreciate you, uh, you
0: having me on. Great to talk to you today. We always like to start really broadly with this question. Why did you choose Holy Cross? Why did I choose Holy Cross? Yeah, that's a good one.
1: Um, so I guess my recruiting story is a little bit different than maybe the average one. My mom went to Holy Cross, so no matter what schools were talking to me, where I was visiting, like Holy Cross was always on the short list. It was kind of like non-negotiable. Not that I felt pressured by her or anything, but I had been around Holy Cross my whole life. Gone to basketball, baseball camps on the campus. Um, had made you know too many trips up to Worcester to count. So it had like a special place in my heart, even before I was considering colleges and it kind of just stuck around on that short list. And when it came down to it, uh, the connection I had with the campus, the coaching staff, um, the program itself, uh, the academic opportunities, all that kind of thing. Like the stars just kind of aligned. And for me, it, it seemed like a no doubt or, uh, the place where I was meant to go play ball and also obviously, you know, pursue my academics as well.
0: You're a New Jersey native, didn't travel too far to play here in New England. So did that offer your family a lot of opportunities to see you play for the Crusaders?
1: Yeah, that was very nice, And especially the way that the Patriot League is set up. You know, some of those Pennsylvania teams, Lehigh, Lafayette, Bucknell, to a lesser extent, still offered like my parents, family members to see me on the road as well. So um, certainly we didn't plan around. You know, I wasn't I didn't have to go someplace close to home. Right. But it ended up working out really well. And yeah, my dad was a regular in the bleachers every every weekend at Fitton or wherever else we were playing.
0: Yeah, safe to say it did work out really well for you. first team all Patriot League as a senior top 10 in program career history for appearances and strikeouts. You also won a Patriot League team title in 2017. What would you say was your proudest moment here at Holy Cross?
1: Yeah, kind of the last one you touched upon, winning the the Patriot League and, and going to the NCAA regional was was pretty incredible. It's definitely like for me a top baseball memory at any level that I've had. Um, especially grabbing a win there against you know a top twenty five Nebraska team, Big Ten champs. Um, so not not just going there and getting the kind of participation trophy, but also winning a game that I didn't even pitch in, but just being a part of it um, was a, just a completely out of this world experience, honestly, um, the whole thing. So even though, you know, I had a bigger role on future teams and was kind of a bullpen guy used somewhat sparingly out of the pen that year, like I still wouldn't trade those memories for anything. And that was kind of the peak of, of honestly, pretty much my baseball career. That that was a great one
0: so far. You mentioned early on working out of the pen, then getting more opportunities as you grew as a pitcher. At what point in your college career did you think, you know what, pro baseball might be a possibility for me? Yeah, I think the entire time it was
1: at least a dream um, since I've been a little kid, right? Like every kid dreams when he's playing Little League of playing professional baseball. To be honest, the dream of my freshman year was like to get playing time. And then my sophomore year was to get meaningful playing time. And then my junior year was to like put together a good college season, which I hadn't really done yet. Like uh and then my senior year, um, you know, that that's when it really started to become a reality when, you know, a lot of teams were talking to me, questionnaires, phone calls, uh, you know, communication back and forth with professional clubs, where it's like, it's not me on the outside looking in at some pipe dream anymore. Like people are interested in me. Um but yeah, I'd say it was always a dream. It really felt like a possibility, kind of the fall and, and through the spring of my senior year and was able to post a pretty good year that year. Um, where I at least knew I gave myself
0: a fighting chance. And it all led up to your draft day. Can you walk me through those moments leading up to that call from the Chicago White Sox? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Draft Day. I don't know how much money it would take for me to relive the the three <laughs> days of the draft. I knew I wasn't going on day one, but Day two, I was getting calls from teams in the you know fifth round saying, Hey, we're taking you with this pick or the next pick. So expectations were high. And then day two came and went, and then I never heard from any of those teams again. Day three starts. Um, you know, a lot of the teams that I've been talking to are just kind of radio silence. Doubt starting to creep in. Obviously, this is when it was 40 rounds too. So there's 30 more rounds to go. Um, but it was a kind of inauspicious start <laughs> to the whole process for me. And, um, I remember making breakfast, I get a call from the White Sox and I was like, White Sox? I didn't, I had never talked to them before. I didn't even know they had ever seen me pitch. And, uh, the guy, the scout, Steve Payne was like, Hey, uh, would you take, you know, X amount of dollars and sign bonus? I was like, I'll take anything at this point. Like, he's like, good. That's the answer I needed to hear. So hangs up. I don't hear from him again for the rest of the day. Rounds start ticking on and on. 10th 20th i go on a hike come back it's the 30 something round it's like all right it might not it might not be in the cards i'm gonna have to make a decision whether i want to sign after the draft or just kind of pursue something else um i threw on avengers infinity war just and turned off the draft tracker i just need something to completely get my mind off of it And i'm watching i'm maybe a quarter of the way into the movie and a little notification comes in the top of my screen. it's from Danny Barlock. Who's a teammate of mine, roommate, fellow pitcher at Holy cross. And it's like, congrats, bro. And at first I was like, for what? And then all of a sudden my phone just starts like buzzing, blowing up off the hook kind of thing. Uh, so I pull up the draft tracker. I'm like, this is the only possible thing it could be right. Scan the current round, see my name at the top because the white socks I think had the third pick that round. And I was like, Oh my God, like, that's my name. So I walked out in my kitchen. I'm like, mom, dad, I just got drafted by the white Sox," And they're like, what? Cause like, it wasn't even on our radar that the white socks were really interested in me. Um, and then I don't even hear from the white Sox themselves for like another two hours because they're of course having to make their calls and set up travel and stuff for all the, all the other guys before me. Um, so they finally get to me. They're like, Oh, sorry about the wait. Yeah. Welcome to the family. You know, like, uh, setting on my flight. And then two days later I was out in Arizona and the journey kind of began, but it was stressful.
0: <laughs> I can, I can only imagine how stressful that hike was and, and trying to oh my your mind with yeah. the Avengers, just everything that's going through your mind with, with all those texts and calls and emails and DMS that you got that day. Did any of them really stand out to you? Someone from your past or someone that you played with that, that really kind of touched you in a way and made you feel good about this accomplishment?
1: Yeah. I'd say the ones that like really meant the most were from like teammates at Holy Cross. Cause a lot of those guys, um, like I, I just wouldn't have had the opportunity if it wasn't for them, like guys who pushed me, who saw like that I had a chance and, and kind of like took me under their wing when they were upperclassmen, some of those guys reaching out, um, as well as like my classmates who kind of you know went through it with me for four years, those definitely meant the most. And then there was obviously some kind of like blast from the past, or guys I'd played with when I was younger, who like I didn't even know I still had their phone number, like would reach out, and it was kind of just like overwhelming how many people were following, and and keeping track. Um, I was kind of like surprised. I thought everyone else would have given up like me, but it turns out you know a lot of people were still paying attention, and and it meant
0: a lot. You know, I heard from so many people. That's a great story. You hear that a lot, that 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 first taste of professional baseball. And now that you look back at your time as a crusader at Fit and Field, how would you say that career in the Patriot League prepared you best for what you're doing now in the White Sox system? Yeah, I mean, I,
1: I learned to work to work hard and like the value of hard work at Holy Cross. Like like I said, I came out on the campus. I wasn't like a guy right away. I had to kind of fight for that um and work my way into a role. The same kind of thing in Pro ball, like being a late rounder, the opportunities are are less, uh, they're fewer. And um I'm glad that I learned how to just get that foot in the door and go from there. Um, um I think that's like the most valuable thing that I learned on the on the hill was just the value of hard work and all you need is an opportunity, seize it and then kind of go from there. And that's of what I've been doing ever since I stepped foot on Mount St. James.
0: What really stands out about your time here on campus was also the way you embraced other opportunities outside of sports. You were a history major, an academic All-Patriot League. You also received the Patriot League's Outstanding Leadership and Character Award. Why did you feel it was important to leave your mark on campus beyond baseball?
1: Yeah, I think it's like it's incredibly easy Um, at a lot of schools to just be like very one dimensional, especially as an athlete. Um, the beauty of Holy cross is like, you don't have to choose, you know, you can be an athlete. You can, you can work really hard in school. You can get involved, Like you can do all these things and, uh, it's, it's acceptable. It's doable. Like it's encouraged. Um, so I felt like I was just in an environment where it was kind of like, as much as you want to do, you can do. And for me. Um, you know, I had so many people encouraging me, like make the most of this, like, you know, college it's cliche, right? Like it's the best four years of your life. You'll never have an opportunity like this to do so much, um, to meet such kinds of people like in your life, take advantage of it. And I'm I'm glad that I did. Um, and it took me a little while. I think like when I first showed up, there was kind of that comfort zone of baseball is what I do. Like it's my friend group. I don't necessarily need to, to get outside of this. Like, this is what I know and I'm good at um, but actually you know challenging myself to to kind of to get outside of that and, and try new things work hard in things that don't come easy to me
0: stuff like that I think was really big. Let's take a quick break and when we get back we'll continue our conversation with Declan Cronin right here on Seder Stories. At Fuel America we've created a place for people to gather to share their stories we are a destination and We are a starting point
1: because Fuel America is not just our name, it's our mission.
0: Run, roll, walk. Massachusetts is getting moving again, and Um, UMass Memorial Healthcare is here to do our part. Push, pull. We're the region's leader in orthopedics, with more doctors, more expertise, and more locations than anyone else. Stir, kick, get moving again. With UMass Memorial Healthcare's orthopedics experts, appointments available now. Call eight five five UMass MD. UMass Memorial Healthcare, a proud sponsor of Holy Cross Athletics. Just across Worcester, WPI graduate students are collaborating on solutions to the world's greatest challenges. Their innovations are transforming everyday lives and our alumni have rewarding careers in robotics and data science to advance manufacturing and business. What will your impact be? Start exploring today at wp.wpi.edu forward slash grad explore. Welcome back to Seder Stories. I'm your host, Kevin Gale, joined by former Crusader and current White Sox minor league pitcher, Declan Cronin. Now, we're a couple weeks into the season. How have things been going with AA Birmingham so far?
1: been going well. I I finished the year last year here as well, so it's a place that I'm comfortable. I know a lot of the guys, obviously, got to know them very well in spring training uh, kind of last month. But uh, yeah, for me personally, it's been going well, feeling good. I uh, have, some, have some quality outings under my belt. So definitely the way you want to start. But just looking to to build on that and keep doing it. we got like 130-something more games to play. Yeah. So long <laughs> season.
0: No doubt about it. It's, it's an everyday sport. We know you're a New Jersey kid. We mentioned you went to college right here in New England. How's life treating you down south? Oh, I like it. I like it down south. People
1: joke with me because my parents moved to Tennessee right after I graduated from Holy Cross. Um, so I spent uh, like the COVID kind of quarantine period with them for basically until like September of 2020. Um, so I say I, I joke that I'm an adopted son of sec country. So, um, <laughs> it's treating me well. I like it. Weather's weather's great. Um, and the people are nice the, the Southern charm and hospitality is certainly a, is a real thing.
0: We were talking about this off air after my graduation. My parents also moved to Tennessee. They moved to Chattanooga. Obviously, the Southern League has some great stops, some incredible food. What have been some of your favorite stops along the way so far? Yeah, I actually we were in Chattanooga last week. I loved
1: it. It's a great city. Um, We played there last year and in August or September, and it was a little humid, very (laughs) buggy. So my memory of it, I, I wasn't very fond of returning there just because of that. Um, But we went there this past weekend. It was a little milder. Actually got to walk around the city comfortably. Um, It's a great spot. Um, Next week, we go
0: to Huntsville, Alabama, uh, Rocket City. And I have not... The Yes, exactly. Which is a raccoon in one of the most ridiculous minor league names I've heard. Yeah, they're really vying for that top spot. Um,
1: I have not played there yet, but... By all accounts, it's the best place in the Southern League to play and, like, most fun city. So we'll see. I'll I'll let you know next week when we're there. But I also love Birmingham. Like, it's a great city. Our yard is beautiful. It's, like, one of the best ballparks in America, I'd have to imagine. Um, playing surface, stadium, kind of the whole nine. Um, so
0: I'm liking that. Yeah, that move from Hoover out in the suburbs to right downtown in Birmingham to that beautiful yeah. look like that was that was a great decision by the franchise. You know, we were talking a little bit earlier about the way your game has grown over your career. What would you say has been the biggest adjustment in your pitching since you went pro?
1: Yeah, I think even from like freshman year of college, like I've always constantly been trying to make mechanical adjustments. Um if you look at like videos of me pitching freshman year, it's a completely different guy. And that's not by accident. Like I worked really hard to undo some, some bad habits and stuff like that. Um, kind of maybe the biggest thing that might jump out is that I throw sinkers now. So I'm a sinker baller. Whereas in college, I kind of threw a cutting fastball, um, kind of went the opposite direction. So I'm sinkers and sliders instead of that fastball and curveballs. Um, so I guess like pitch profile wise, completely different. Obviously it added some velocity too. Um, but those, those are probably the biggest changes. Yeah.
0: So ideally when you're throwing that sink or low in the zone or below the zone, you're trying to induce a lot of ground balls, right? Yes. That's the name of the game. I like to everyone, you know,
1: they, they get hyped up for, for strikeouts and obviously I do too. But when I get a ground ball, it's like, it's, I'm like, all right, there we go. It's doing its job. <laughs>
0: And, as you climb the ladder in the system, those infielders will just get better and better at turning two and making those plays on the infield. I wanted to ask you about some of your off season work with tread athletics how How influential has that work been in you know making you a more effective pitcher at this level?
1: Yeah, it's been so so key. Um I actually started working with them remotely um in between my junior and senior years at Holy Cross um when like I kind of really decided that playing pro ball is something I wanted to pursue maximally. So I trained with them in the summer and the off season and, and throughout the season too, was kind of getting feedback and that kind of thing. Um, so I've been with them for a while. I wouldn't be where I am without them. Um, and And now it's kind of cool because back then it was like, and really up until really last year, like the goal was just, I need more velocity. I need more velocity. Like, that's what keeps you in the game. It's been kind of fun. This last offseason, the focus was a lot more on like pitch design, pitch shaping, how to use my arsenal and kind of the more like cerebral part of, of pitching, um, which for me, was, was really fun. Kind of like the pressures off, like I throw hard enough, like sure. I'll take more velocity, but like right now let's like, learn how to pitch, use my stuff, especially as a guy who's really only been throwing sinkers for a year and a half now. Like let's hammer that. Where do I need to throw it? Where is it going to perform best? Looking at kind of like the analytics of it. And that side of things is great. And then I actually work for tread too. So okay. yeah. Um, which is great. Like in season, every morning, log a few hours of work, kind of like separate from the game, which is great. Um, so it's not just kind of wake up, go to the ballpark, play, sleep, wake up, go to the ballpark, play, you know, it can get very repetitive six games in a row. Um, having that nice little like welcome distraction, doing a little bit of work, still being like in touch with all those guys down there in Charlotte. Um, more on like I'm not training anyone really, more on like the business side and that kind of thing. Um, but it has been great for me. Like I owe them a lot.
0: No, that's great to hear. As a former minor league baseball broadcaster, I totally understand that grind. 140 plus yeah, absolutely. Just, you need other hobbies and activity. And it can't just be golf. It's gotta yeah. be other activities to keep your mind right between games. Yeah, it's not golf for me. I can't hit them straight. So <laughs> I'm lucky I have another outlet. <laughs> You talked about your mentality as a pitcher shifting and growing. You were thrown a major curveball, just like everybody else. You get drafted in 2019. Then minor league baseball was completely forced to shut down in 2020 due to COVID. How did that shift you as a pro athlete? And and how did you bounce back from that, trying to stay fresh and and keep getting your work in when you had no games to play?
1: Yeah, obviously would have loved to be out there playing. Like that's the number one thing. but I really did use it as an opportunity to to get better and grow my game. And once it was kind of clear that there wasn't going to be a season and I was going to have kind of an extended period of time to, to train fully healthy too, right? Like uh, that I'll never get again, you know, like hopefully, right. Like a whole year plus of no games. Um, I really I worked really hard. Like I, I I got after it. I was with my parents, as I said, down in Tennessee. Um, I was lucky I found a high school catcher and a field where I could throw bullpens and I threw to him a few times a week. Um, and I kind of spent my life savings on outfitting a home gym in my parents' garage. So, uh, I was in there every day, six days a week, pretty much just getting after it, working, um, obviously having like tread as a remote resource was really helpful too. Um, and being in communication with the White Sox, we did a pretty good job of that where it wasn't kind of just like, see ya, we don't know what's happening. Like, you know, regular meetings and talking with pitching coaches and strength coaches and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it, it was a blessing in disguise. Obviously it was tough and not playing for so long. There was kind of an adjustment period last year at the beginning of the year for a lot of guys, like playing live baseball for the first time in so long. Um, but for me, I, I feel like I really took advantage of it. And as I said, it was kind of like a blessing in disguise where I made some serious jumps that um, that really helped me moving forward.
0: So I've got to ask, if you could take a time machine back to your freshman year at Holy Cross, what advice would you give that, that bullpen pitcher who was just trying to get as many innings as he could on a team that eventually went to the NCAAs? Yeah. Oh man. I would probably
1: try to fix his mechanics a lot sooner than we ended up doing it. Um, so you could start throwing a little harder, but, uh, I don't know. Um, I think maybe like performance aside, like I would definitely, it's like I said it before, it's so cliche. Like everyone tells you like, you know, don't ever take a day for granted, like make the most of this opportunity it's so true. Like coach D used to always say, like, there are guys that would give an arm and a leg to throw on the crusader Jersey one more time and play one more game at and field. And yeah, we all kind of like said, Oh, okay. And, but maybe rolled our eyes a little bit and you don't really think about that kind of stuff when you're in it. Um, looking back though, I mean, that I love playing professional baseball. It's great. It, but as a career, it's just different. Like when it's your job, it's just different. Um, it's, it's a little bit different than playing every day with the guys that you live with and eat with your best friends, the guys you're going out with, you're going, you know, across the country with like for four straight years, like you'll never have that again. Um, so I think I would would kind of grab them by the shoulders and say, Hey man, like enjoy this. Like this is special. Um, and it's so much more than just like what happens on the field or like the weight room. It's like the, the kind of the fraternity of brothers that you make is, is going to be your best friends the rest of your life. So like enjoy being able to do something that
0: you love with them every day. That's great. And I love how you pointed out as well. Obviously when you're a college athlete, a lot of things are directed for you. I mean, there's yeah. a great apparatus in place as a professional. Like you said, you had to invest in your own home gym. You have to be very self-directed to make it at this level. It's your career. You're the one who's most invested. The white Sox wants you to do well, but you have to take full ownership over your career.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's so true. Um, and that's another difference too. And that's where honestly, like I learned to take ownership at Holy Cross, even though there's such like strict regimen, like there were always people there who, if you wanted extra work where I wanted to come in the weight room an extra day, like they were open to it. They let me kind of take that ownership even within the kind of more rigorous structure of college baseball.
0: Last couple of questions here, Declan, obviously in professional baseball, you're meeting players from colleges all over the country countries all over the world. How do you want to best represent Holy Cross and, and spread the word about the Crusaders around the minors? Yeah, I'm like Mr. Holy Cross.
1: Everyone jokes about it because I let everyone know how the football team's doing, the basketball team's doing. Everyone's always like, how's Holy Cross doing? I'm like Mr. Holy Cross, always wearing my Holy Cross stuff. Um I'm just I'm proud I went there, you know, like uh it's like those like Khalif Raymond and Malcolm Miller, like those guys who are doing at the highest level in the NFL and the NBA. Like I want to count myself among those guys, like putting Holy cross on the map. Right. So like the end goal for me is, is, is to make it, to be a big leaguer. And like when I'm making my first start for them to say college, like Holy cross, like that will make me so proud. Um, I bleed purple through and through. I really do. Um, but, uh, yeah, kind of hopefully leaving a legacy on the game, proving that, you don't have to go to a power five or, or anything like that to make it like hard work. You can come from the Hill. You can, I like how Bob Chesney says it big fan of his. It's like, you can have it all at Holy cross, right? Like you don't have to choose. You can have it all. Like I totally, I totally agree.
0: I love that. And that's rarefied air. If you can get among those names, you just said at, at the highest levels of their sports that's certainly the dream. So let's wrap it up with this. We like to do a rapid fire round. Don't think too long about these. Just okay. first thing that kind of comes to your mind. Besides fit and feel, what's your favorite spot on Holy Cross's campus? Uh in library, the basement. Favorite baseball player of all
1: time? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, I grew up a huge Derek Jeter fan. So I got to say Jeter, like always tried to emulate him, making those throws and all that kind of stuff.
0: Follow-up, how tough was it to be a Yankee fan in Massachusetts? Oh, it was tough to be anything but a Boston fan because they were winning a
1: lot when I was on campus. Patriots, every, oh my goodness, that was terrible.
0: <laughs> That's Holy Cross baseball uniform combo. If you were going to the bump, if you were getting the start and you got to pick the combo, what are you going with? Uh, if we're at home, we got to wear the creams. Throwbacks always. Any, yeah. game, day, any game day
1: superstitions? Um, in college, I would always eat two waffles before every start. Um, in pro ball, I don't really, I don't really have any superstitions.
0: Waffles might weigh you down on some of those hot summer days in the summer. Yeah, I'm not sure if that was the best idea <laughs> at the time either. <laughs> and then last but not least, obviously you spend your life on a bus. Funniest road trip experience so far in the minors.
1: Ooh, luckily I haven't had any like crazy experiences of a bus breaking down or anything like that. Um, one that like jumps out to me, which is just like the epitome of minor league baseball was my first year in low a, we were traveling overnight from somewhere to Charleston, South Carolina. And we got in at like four or 5. a.m. And I was sleeping on a little like blow up mattress in the middle of the aisle on the bus. (laughs) And I was just getting like my head stepped on like throughout the whole night. Uh, I had one of those moments where I'm like, "Why am I doing this to myself?" <laughs> the only time I ever ever doubted my career choice was when someone was stepping on my head at 2 a.m. on the way to Charleston.
0: You know, the fact you had an inflatable mattress made that better than most. So Usually, you're just kind of throwing your legs over the aisle or, or using a sweatshirt or a hoodie on the floor. Yes, <laughs> I was
1: lucky. Hurt. Shout out to Sam Long, now a big leaguer with the uh, with the Giants. He was he was nice enough to lend it to a to a rookie like me.
0: Well, Declan, this has been great. It's, it's been really fun talking with you t- today. Uh, best of luck the rest of the season. Uh, and we hope to see you in the show with the White yeah. Sox very soon. Absolutely. That's the goal. Thanks for having me on, Kevin. I really appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. It's been great. That's it for this week's episode. We hope you enjoy Seder Stories. If you did, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review. It's still the best way for other Crusaders to find our show. That's it for now. I'm Kevin Gale. Go cross go. Thank you for listening to this episode of Seder Stories, presented by UMass Memorial Health. Stay in the loop on all things Holy Cross athletics at GoHolyCross.com and at Go Holy Cross on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go cross go.